thing that looks like a police box standing in a junkyard. It can move anywhere. Raven, concentrate on sin. Give priority to the detectors and the navigation systems. There is a corridor. And the corridor is time. It surrounds all things. On display, I eventually had to go down to the cellar. That's the display department. With a torch. The lights were probably gone. So had the stairs. Yours is number six. I am not a number. I am a person. Welcome to British Invaders, episode 383. This is the podcast all about British science fiction television, and this time we are talking about The Avengers, The Emma Peel Years. This is Brian from Canada. And this is Eamon from England. Hello. So we are back with The Avengers as we were about a year ago. This time, continuing our way through this iconic series from the 1960s, looking at the Emma Peel years, series four and series five, which ran on ITV from 1965 through 1968, with a total of 50 episodes at about 50 minutes each. Yes, and has it really been a year since we last discussed the Avengers? It seems to have flown past, Brian. It has, yes. And of course, this is the period of the Avengers when it becomes an international smash hit. It becomes one of the definitive shows of this period. It's also when the show transitioned into colour from black and white, which we'll talk about uh, as we go on. And it made shall we say style icons of the lead characters brian yes i think so and espionage television was very popular in the 60s and this was one of the big shows and one of the ones that was bringing in those science fiction elements indeed so to give you a quick recap the avengers is a tv show that ran in total from 1961 to 1969 uh, 161 episodes altogether in the 60s we, as we said, a year ago, we discussed the first three series that featured mostly uh, the character of John Steed and his assistant, Dr. Kathy Gale. And if you want to listen to those first discussions, go back to British Invaders episodes 357 and 358, where we sort of do the early years where the show was finding its feet, I guess, Brian. That's right. And they did some very interesting things and some great TV in those early years. And it had more of a gritty street-level investigation kind of feel that was more leaning a little bit police show rather than spy show. And it's now as we're going towards these episodes, it's more and more stylized and while still crime fighting more of an espionage feel and that was a progression that was already happening with steed and gale yes it was and of course it's going to progress even further as we talk about these two particular seasons of the show from the mid 60s oh yes and we know that honor blackman who played dr kathy gale and did a fantastic job at introducing that idea of that two-person team for the avengers with the man and the woman featuring in many ways as equals it was quite progressive 
she was leaving the series to go and film Goldfinger, the third James Bond film. And that was, of course, a very big deal that she was getting that film. But it meant that there was a gap that had to be filled for someone to be alongside John Steed. Which brings us to our lead characters. Let's just discuss them. So we'll recap on John Steed, played, of course, by the uh, inimitable Patrick McNee who is the most stylish English gentleman of this period, I would say, on television, Brian. His excellent tailoring, his steel-lined bowler hats, his bamboo-handled umbrella, which also conceals a variety of, let's say, espionage, props and weapons, and his witty quips. Um, This is... We're going to say this a lot, I guess, but this is peak John Steed in these two series, isn't it? Yes, I think it might be. It's, yeah, really this iconic character there at this point. We saw that slowly emerging. He was a bit of a different character in the very first season. By the time you got into the middle of the second and into the third, he was becoming much more this quintessential English gentleman. And he is full out doing that here with, as you say, the suits and the bowler hat and so on. Mrs. Emma Peel, played by Diana Rigg, is a highly independent woman, an expert in unarmed combat, and highly educated, a scientist, and very stylish, and, you know, wearing designer clothing from the era that I think became quite iconic. Absolutely. And as as we did last time on a Blackman, let's just pause to recognise the long and illustrious career of Diana Rigg, born 1938, sadly died last year, 2020, who started out with the Royal Shakespeare Company. And I think Brian always sort of considered herself a theatre actor first and foremost. I think so. And she did continue to do theatre over the years. But of course, played or became this style icon on television in the 60s. And then, like Honor Blackman, goes on to become possibly one of the most notable of the Bond women in On Her Majesty's Secret Service which, of course, is a great Bond movie with a great, you know, Bond woman in the part of Tracy. And she goes on, her, you know, Diana Rigg's career includes, towards the end, Game of Thrones, which was very notable, but also one of my own particular favourites, Detectorists, which is a lovely show from British TV. And, of course, you've covered both these Avengers women becoming Bond women on Hooked on Bond, Brian. Yes, we did, absolutely. And... Yeah, Diana Rigg had a very interesting TV career. She was starring in all sorts of things throughout the years. It was not something where she was big in the 60s and then came back for Game of Thrones much more recently. She was doing things all along and has left some fantastic work there. And of course, with the Avengers, as usual, we have... A fantastic uh, guest cast list of people we know from the era for all sorts of television and from film as well. 
some really interesting names and we'll mention some of those along the along the way we won't uh, give that away quite yet yes we'll shout out some great actors in the next episode so emma peel is introduced without any particular backstory in the first episode of series four that was the town of no return and they're already off and running as these two agents working together, going undercover to investigate some missing agents in that particular episode. But we sort of meet Emma Peel when this partnership is already up and running, which I think works especially well because that chemistry between the two actors that was so wonderful was also up and running right away at that point. Yes, it's a fascinating choice. They don't really give us any sort of backstory introduction. It's just that they're off and running straight away. And like you say, Brian, right from the start, we have the witty banter between the two characters, the obvious chemistry between them. Clearly, you know, regarding each other as equals, as agents, both very competent. And also, we talked about this a little bit last time, Brian, not really any sort of clear idea to us of who they actually work for as agents. Clearly, they're on the the side of right and, uh, I guess, law and order. But it's not immediately clear who they're working for. It's just that they are these two remarkable agents who get on so well together. Yes, they occasionally reference the ministry. And in the final episode that features Emma Peel, they start getting into that a little bit more. And that may be something that we that we mention as we go here. That final episode was actually in series six. So that was the 51st episode. We mentioned 50. There was a 51st one that featured Emma Peel, which was her her exit. So you did sort of have something where Mrs. Gale got a bit more of an entrance, but not quite as much of an exit. And Mrs. Peel didn't get much of an entrance, but she certainly got an exit. Interesting point, yes. And before we completely miss it, I will throw in the caveat that if people are wondering about connections to a Marvel superhero franchise called the Avengers, well, there aren't any. It's a completely separate franchise with the same name chosen coincidentally, as far as we know, on two sides of the Atlantic within a couple of years of each other. Indeed, that's right. Yes, this is very much the British uh, TV Avengers. So getting into our production notes... Last year, we covered the creation of the series by Sidney Newman as a possible sequel to Police Surgeon, which also featured Ian Hendry, who was in those early episodes in the first year of The Avengers. And we talked about some of the things where he was sort of leading up that committee for this show, The Avengers, but others were creating a lot of the ideas, including Brian Clemens. And we had this idea of John Steed 
evolving from this fairly tough, gritty character, often with a trench coat, to, you know, this more gentleman character who was always wearing tailored suits and so on. And those uh, those sorts of changes, that transition had gone on by this time. And in 1965, there were some other key changes that they needed to work with. And the first one, I guess, is that being ITV, they were always you know, keen to get overseas sales of their programs that they made. And they successfully made a deal with the ABC network in America to produce a series of 26 episodes. This meant, I guess it meant increased budgets, but it also meant that they moved from filming on videotape to filming on 35 millimeter film, which would work for American television. I'm not quite up on the technicalities of it, but of course, American television used a slightly different system then and now, I guess, Brian. Yes, that's true. But going to film meant that it didn't matter which system they were transferring to it would work sort of equally well. And it gave them something that was, in many respects, a step up in quality as well. And something that was more like movie production. And now we have the advantage that that film could be transferred to high definition. And we're able to watch these very high quality transfers of the Avengers now. Indeed we are, yes, which we'll talk about in a moment in availability. But of course the other big change we've already mentioned, Brian, they had a hole, as it were, a gap to fill in the partnership because Honor Blackman had gone off to film a Bond. Yes, and this was a very big deal because... Honor Blackman had become very popular in that role, and the Avengers was already a very big deal. They had talked about doing a film of the Avengers with Steed and Gale with Honor Blackman. And of course, that wouldn't happen in part because of Honor Blackman going off to film Goldfinger. But they had some big shoes to fill, and they came up with this new character originally called Samantha Peel. And there was talk about maybe Mantha Peel. There was this idea that it was they were playing with the phrase man appeal and was shortened to M appeal, which they ended up with Emma appeal. And fortunately, these ideas of something based on appeal or man appeal, fortunately, that was left behind and they just had this name, Emma appeal. They auditioned more than 60 actors, more than 60 different women, and eventually cast Elizabeth Shepard. And she filmed a full episode and about half of the second episode when the producers decided that that partnership with Patrick McNee, that it wasn't working well. And just the, the way things had been, had been set up and possibly things with working relationships and that sort of thing, they felt that it wasn't working. And at that point, the casting director, Dodo Watts, told the producers, Brian Clemens and Albert Fennell, that they should look at Diana Riggs' work on some television plays. Yes, she'd done it. Although she was a theatre actor, she'd done a couple of armchair theatre episodes, I believe. And that's what they looked at. And they brought her in for a screen test with Patrick McNee. And of course... 
I think almost instantly it was obvious that the two of them had chemistry and rapport and that gave, you know, pretty much secured her the role. And, you know, I think we should note, Brian, a fairly big thing to shoot one and a half episodes and then discard them and start again with the casting process. So, you know, this was a big deal, I should imagine. Yes, yes, that famously happened much later on Star Trek Voyager. But yeah, it doesn't happen very often. And you mentioned Brian Clemens, I mean, the producer possibly the name behind the camera uh, most associated with the Avengers, certainly from this period. He'd been a writer from very early on on the series, a script editor, and he became the producer, I think, since the second episode of the original series, Brian. Yeah, and continued with a lot of writing as well. So he was definitely uh, one of the people, if not the person, who was behind the Avengers and the ideas in the Avengers and what it would become. He was certainly important to it early on and continued to be important to it. And I think this idea of the chemistry between the the leads with Patrick McNee and with the woman who was acting uh, across him, and there were a few of them, that chemistry was key. And that started with Honor Blackman. The two of them developed some real chemistry, and they felt that they needed that going on. And apparently, when they found Diana Rigg, they knew they had someone who could, who could do that with him. And what a fantastic pairing they became on screen. Absolutely. Now, Brian Clemens also worked on some other shows from this period and later on, some of which we've, we've covered, I think, Brian. Yeah, he worked on Adam Adamant Lives that we've covered, also Danger Man, Thriller, Hammer House of Mystery and Suspense, and Bugs, among other things. So yeah, he did a lot of work on British television over the years. He also wrote a Sherlock Holmes stage play. He did a lot of work writing in British drama over the years. A very important name associated with the Avengers and, of course, as you say, Brian, much other TV. And in addition to casting, there were other changes with Series 4 as well. One of the notable ones being Laurie Johnson coming in doing the music and his new theme for the Avengers would replace the John Dankworth jazz theme and his whole style of music would become something that would be known as the Avengers style and his theme music would be known as as the Avengers theme. And it still had lots of jazz influences. It was still quite jazzy, but it was not quite as squarely in the more traditional jazz genre as some of the earlier stuff had been. It had a bit more of a late 60s flair to it. But that added a lot of what would become iconic with the Avengers. And last time, I think I talked about how slightly jarring and strange I found it watching the Kathy Gale episodes where the theme tune was not what I expected. If you think of the Avengers from this era, you're probably hearing a certain piece of music in your head. And it is the Laurie Johnson theme, I think, that most people would associate with the show, Brian. Yes, absolutely. And of course, that was played over some iconic opening and closing title sequences showing John Steed and Mrs. Emma Peel. It's the scenes of her shooting the top off a bottle of champagne 
which he then pours for them both, or Patrick McNee revealing the sword stick in his umbrella to pick himself a carnation, which she then puts in his buttonhole. It's very sort of stylish, iconic title sequences with that wonderful music playing. It sets the tone for their style very well. It really does. And I should just mention at this stage, you can also go on to YouTube or the disc extras and see a slightly extra uh, introductory sequence that was filmed for American television. And you may be familiar, this is the one with the two of them on a giant chessboard with a voiceover that introduces the characters of John Steed and Mrs. Emma Peel and gives a little bit of sort of background that they are extraordinary agents dealing with extraordinary uh, crimes, I think, Brian. I think they had stopped broadcasting that by the time I was watching the Avengers broadcasts, <laughs> sometimes on American channels. Now, we should talk a little bit about the costumes Diana Rigg wore as Mrs. Emma Peel, because you said, Brian, that she was incredibly stylish again. And uh, I think initially they wanted to put her, or in fact did put her, in very similar sort of leather outfits to those made famous by Honor Blackman as Kathy Gale. But we know that, well, they didn't continue with those, did they? That's right. What Patrick McNee had said is that Diana Rigg just didn't feel comfortable in the, in the leather for filming and for the action sequences and so on. And she had asked for more contemporary clothing, which led to this leading designer, John Bates, designing these things for her with sometimes dresses and also outfits with pants and different kinds of jackets and coats and hats and you know these very stylized you know this wonderful wardrobe of things that again would be very memorable they are indeed i mean her as you say her sort of catsuits pantsuits 60s outfits in very colorful very stylish very uh, what would you call them? The sort of like pop art or that sort of 60s mod fashions, I guess, Brian. Yeah, the design there, some of it is gorgeous. You know, it's impressive stuff they did there. And they also had the designer Pierre Cardin designing suits for John Steed. And he wears a variety of exceptional suits and jackets and costumes throughout these two seasons, doesn't he? Yes. And they pushed against the idea of suits being sort of plain and simple and not something that you always notice. And they had this enormous variety of all kinds of suits that he was wearing in different colors and things that were not necessarily simple and subtle things that were really quite interesting and matching them with different colors of bowler and doing uh, different things with the umbrella as well so they did a lot with what he was wearing too and built this sort of really stylish feel to the series based on what those two characters were wearing. It's astonishing. The costumes are just glorious throughout. Fantastic for both of the characters. Series 4 was a hit with its 26 episodes, and they commissioned a run of 24 episodes for Series 5, which would be moving to color for the first time. And this was a big deal. While it was a couple episodes fewer, 
going up to 35 millimeter color film. This is a significant bit of budget going there. And that was because of these U.S. broadcasts. There was a lot of money coming in for that. And it was broadcast in color in the U.S. But in the U.K., it was still mostly being broadcast in black and white. But of course, as you said, Brian, we now have the opportunity to watch these very uh, high-definition transfers from the original film in. in, And we can see the color episodes. And I'm just going to say they are exceptionally colorful. They are they do have that mid-60s colour palette, it seems. Yes, very much so. Which I guess, while we mention transfers, brings us to availability and how you can watch the M Appeal years of the Avengers. Over here in Region 2, as ever, it's very straightforward. We have fairly recent reissues of both seasons, 4 and 5, are available on DVD or Blu-ray, about £25 for the whole season uh, each, or between £13 and £15 a season on Amazon Video if you want to stream them, or if you've got a BritBox subscription at the moment, they are included on BritBox. And although I've got the DVDs up here sitting in the office, Brian, I've actually been watching them on BritBox this time. So that's the situation in Region 2, nice and straightforward. In Region 1, it's also fairly straightforward. There is a box set called The Avengers, The Complete Emma Peel Megaset, which is available on DVD, and that currently is selling on Amazon.com for $18. So that is... A great deal for all 51 episodes with Emma Peel. That's DVD only. It's not available on Blu-ray. There is also The Avengers Season 5 as its own set, which is available on DVD, and it's available on Blu-ray. And the Blu-ray set that Season 5 sells for $16 US, And that includes that season six episode. The first episode of season six that has Emma Peel in it is in there as well. So it gives you 25 episodes. And also Amazon Prime Video has the Avengers for $10 a season. So if you're in the US, you can get it that way. If you're in Canada, as I am... I would say most of these just order from the U.S. The Canadian prices I'm not listing because they're so much higher. But with the DVD price for the whole mega set, you know, for two seasons plus an extra episode, that's only $18. And then the Blu-ray, the high-def version for one season plus an episode for the color ones, that's $16. So pretty good deals there and Amazon Prime Video if you want to stream in the US as well. Seems very reasonably priced in the US at the moment to watch The Avengers. Yes, very nice to be able to to get it that way. Okay, so that will do us for our first episode. Please come back and join us next time. We've got lots to discuss. We want to get into some of the science fiction themes and concepts that came into the stories and talk a little bit about the concept of Avengers Land. Plus, we'll probably mention a few key episodes and certainly we'll mention some of the guest stars and some of the spin-offs from these two seasons. And we'll have to give our own review and recommendation of whether or not you should pursue one of these DVD, Blu-ray or streaming options and watch 
these two seasons of the Avengers. Yes, absolutely. There'll be plenty to talk about next time for sure. Until then, all of our past episodes, including a couple we've already done on the Avengers, are available at BritishInvaders.com. Or if you search for British Invaders on Facebook, you can find our Facebook group and join in the conversations there. Tell us about your favorite Avengers episodes and what things you liked in the Avengers and so on. Yes, great stuff. Please do come along. And please also check out the Voice of Geeks Network at vognetwork.com the place to go for all geek related stuff on the internet including british invaders where we are proud members of the voice of geeks absolutely so thank you for listening and until the next time we can say we're needed this is brian from canada signing off yes thank you very much until next time it's aiming in england also signing off <laughs>